Beacon Drive-In Studios in Spartanburg, South Carolina. Fox Sports 1498.3 FM presents Start Your Engine. 20 years of trying, 20 years of frustration. Dale Earnhardt will come to the caution flag to win the Daytona 500. Here is your racing team for today. Show producer Ronnie Black. Local action from winning car builder and owner Alan Hill. Track reporter and racing insider Nelson Crozier. Former NASCAR team manager and author Greg Moore. Now, here's your host for Start Your Engines, racing historian and author, Harry Allen Wood. Gentlemen, start your And good morning and welcome to a Sunday edition of Start Your Engines here on Fox Sports 1400 and 98.3 FM. And uh, we got shuffled around a little bit by the Gamecock pregame show, but that's all right. We got the whole crew here pretty much. How you doing, Alan? Uh, doing good this morning, Perry. How you? Do, doing all right. Uh, how about you, Greg? Well, I ain't got my walker with me and I talked down the step pretty good this morning when you pulled up, so... Doing pretty good. Like I say, it's a little different being a Sunday. I think with you, it's a little prettier outside, but uh, I, I think we manage. Well, right before I came and picked you up, we had all kinds of sunshine. I don't know if it looked like it might be getting ready to start raining again, but um, it rained a lot yesterday, and boy, that was a, it made for a heck of an Xfinity race last night or yesterday afternoon or both. Got pretty dark anyway towards then. Yes, it did, and uh, boys put on a show there. They can't. I don't know about that rain in these uh, boys in this uh, asphalt division. Well, but that was a lot of rain. I don't. You're not normally going to get that much, I don't think, because it was just. I mean, it the splitter was underwater in some places, and uh, you know, I think if you just have a regular downpour or a little rain or something, it's it's good. But that was that was a real test last night, and it looked to me like Jeremy had a solid top ten coming. Because the leader wrecked on the last lap, spun out and backed into the wall. And a couple others were sliding around. And it, it appeared he was going to slip into the top ten. And it didn't show it, but the announcer said it, that he missed the last chicane. And when you do that, you have to come to a complete stop. And I knocked him back to 16th. So uh, that was a bad break. But anyway, we're here on a Sunday morning. And uh, there's a, actually a race probably wrapping up about right now that I was watching before uh, before I got here, obviously, when I was getting ready, and that was the German Grand Prix, and Hamilton was winning winning it, and he probably did, but I'll get some results on that in a few minutes. Um, Ronnie Black, not here today, of course. He's taking the corona, the pandemic off, but uh, I'm sure Ronnie's listening, and if you are, Ronnie, you feel free to call in anytime. You're always a part of the show. And Lanny, you too. I'll get you uh, thanked here right off the bat. Appreciate everything you do and uh, had to roust a lot of people up and make sure that they were going to be able to join us on Sunday. Uh, and Lanny said, sure, I'd be glad to. I didn't know if anybody had church plans or not. I know uh, I've been over to Lanny's a few times on Sunday and he had his Sunday go to meeting clothes on. So I thought maybe he wouldn't be able to participate but he maintains the budmore website and sort of has our backs on everything we do and we appreciate you very much there lanny yeah he does it he does a real good job no doubt about it we got a good show for you today we got um our 
first guest at 1020 in our Legends segment is going to be Will Cronkite. Now, we've had Will on before, and he's written a book called I Was a NASCAR Redneck. And Greg and I had lunch with him yesterday at Applebee's, and I tell you what, it's a big, thick book. I mean, he and he self-published it, so uh, I haven't had a chance to read it or even open it yet. But uh, we'll be talking to him at 1020. And uh, Greg, tell us a little bit about Will. Well, Will Cronkite had, had been around in Spartanburg area for a long time. And he'd also been involved in, in NASCAR uh, pretty much most of his life. And uh, he worked with people like Frazon and uh, I think Mario Rossi and two or three other people. And uh, but Will's a pretty innovative guy. Was, was a real good mechanic on some other teams, and uh, he'll have a get. We we'll get into it a little bit more with him and everything. But he actually kind of brought Earnhardt out of the closet, so to say. And uh, let's word, let's word that differently. I don't know yeah. if he brought him out of the closet. He well, brought him to to uh, to uh, everybody's uh, attention. Attention, yeah. Or brought him. No, he was already out of the closet. That didn't sound that. Cool, <laughs> I don't right? think he was ever in the closet. No, but. <laughs> no. But he did run off a good a few races in that car. But we'll, we'll let Will tell the story there. And, and that was the car that Bud, you and Bud sold him, right? That was that was the car that we had won Talladega with with Baker. Uh, with Baker the the year before, and. Uh, we just never converted over to Thunderbird. It was a good car. Obviously. Well, we'll talk to him about that. And then at um, 11 o'clock at the top of the hour, we gave him a, a little bit of extra time. So, because uh, he's on the West Coast in Los Angeles. And that's Paul Dallenbach. Paul, uh, of course, is Wally Dallenbach Jr.'s brother and Wally Dallenbach Sr.'s son. And Wally is the Pikes Peak champion that we've had on uh, had on last year and was just a fantastic uh, guest and uh, we'll let you uh, we'll let him tell y'all about it but he um, he lost now this is uphill 14 miles I think it is that Pikes Peak Hill climb and he lost it by three tenths of a second hmm. so uh, spread over 14 miles or 12 or whatever it is that's a that's not very much room <laughs> not much time so uh, but we'll have Paul on and he's um He's out in Los Angeles, so uh, we'll talk to him at 11 o'clock our time, 8 o'clock his time. And um, so on the cup scene, we've had a couple of announcements. I think the last time we were together, the big news was the the Michael Jordan, Denny Hamlin, Bubba Wallace uh, team that they were forming. But I guess yesterday, um, or Friday late, uh, Clint Boyer announced that he was going to retire after this year. So he's not having too much of a farewell tour. It is after this year, right? And he's going to the Fox booth. Yes, it is. Uh, he's going to retire after this year. And from what I hear, it looks like maybe Austin Cindric might be sitting in that seat. Well, um, I don't know. Uh, Austin Cindric's daddy is the team manager for Penske. So I, I don't know how that'd work out. What I heard they were going to do... Um, was Di Benedetto is going to drive the Woods Brothers car another year. They got that settled, and he's going to take over the Wood Brothers car. And Di Benedetto knows it and is aware of it, and he's got like a year to do something about it. And uh, that sounds fair to me. I mean, that gives them a... I know he's run awfully good in that car, and we'll talk about what happened to him at Talladega in a few minutes. But he uh, he's had, except for getting disqualified at Talladega for going under the line... Uh, he uh, he would have had two second places in a row. So he's he's just real close to winning. And when he does, 
If it's this year, it'll be, or next year, it'll be the Wood Brothers' 100th win and his first win. So, uh, it's going to be neat. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to see it. We're going to see it for the end of the year, or we'll see it next year. Or you might see it today. Be nice. And then the other big news, uh, and I thought this was real big news, is this 2021 schedule they came out with. And, uh, man, I'm telling you what, if you thought it was... Now, they had to make all these wild, crazy adjustments this year because of the pandemic, having races on Tuesday night and three out of five days at Darlington or whatever it was when they came back, and then a couple at Charlotte within a few days. So this year was supposed to be kind of crazy anyway because they'd shuffled around, uh, given Indianapolis the... um, fourth of july and moved daytona back to right before darlington on labor day and and uh, two races at pocono and all that was going to be crazy enough until they had to take about seven weeks off and then cram everything in there well that doesn't hold a candle of what they've done the next uh what they're doing next year and i've got the whole schedule here in front of me and i'm not going to read all of it but there's some things that uh really need to be mentioned first of all They've uh, done away with Kentucky and Chicago. Those two are out. They don't have a date anymore. They took a date away from uh, Dover and and gave a date. And they took a date away from, uh, who else was it? They took another date away from somebody else. They gave a date to Atlanta. And uh, thank goodness they gave another date to Darlington. So there would be a spring race at Darlington and a Labor Day race at Darlington. Yeah, that's great. I like all that. Uh like I say, I, there was so many changes supposed to come up this year, like Perry said, and running back-to-back Poconos and doing all this other stuff. But things really got crazy, you know, with the pandemic and and, and, and the effect it's had on it. But you got to hand NASCAR. They squeezed these races in, and they're <laughs> they, 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 they getting it done. We'll, well have a champion. They're still going to do two at Pocono, so they're sticking with that. Um, they're adding some tracks. They added Dakota which is the Circuit of the Americas, and that's that track in Austin, Texas. It looks like a slot car track. I mean, you got to go out of your way to hit something. they got so much runoff area, but it's a beautiful track. They're going road course, uh, really uh, concentrating on the road courses now, So, and that is a road course, so they go to uh, Austin, Texas for that race, and I'll give you some dates here in a minute, but I'm just touching on some of the changes. Um but here's the one that's the maybe the wackiest of all. Well, they're also going to Road America, which is a four-mile road course in Wisconsin. When I saw a little blurb that says NASCAR returns to Wisconsin, I thought I immediately thought of the Milwaukee Mile. But nope, it's uh, Road America, and they haven't raced there since 1956 when Tim Flock got his last victory after he quit Kikaver. But but here's the one that I think stands out above everything, and that is putting dirt on Bristol and running a dirt track race at Bristol. Now, I wanted a dirt track race, and I've been whining for one ever since uh, the show before this one, dropping it, dropping the hammer. Well, but uh, but I wanted it on a big mile dirt track like Springfield or DuCoin or Syracuse, which they've done away with, but putting dirt on Bristol in front of all those people and those high banks, you know, it's 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 got to be something. 
Well, you know, they can do it. You know, they pulled off a deal with a football game up there. And plus, they've done the, the, the monster trucks. They've and, done that. And stuff. And they brought in dirt and stuff before. So They ran sprint cars uh, there, I think, one time. Yeah. Or open wheel modifieds. I think it was sprint cars. But I, I think I th- but we've been saying it about dirt. I mean, Alan has, Perry has, I have. You know, all of us been talking about, you know, run a, run a couple of dirt tracks. Don't run easy ones either. I mean, make it, make it, make it tough. Well, they're going to run one that's not even dirt, so uh, they're going to make it dirt. Uh, A couple of other points of interest. Um, They're taking Easter off. I know they used to do that, and then they didn't do it, and now they're doing it again. Uh, No race on Easter. A lot of these tracks do not have names yet, but they've all got dates. Um, So, uh, of course, they start off with the clash at Daytona, then the... Then the Daytona qualifying on February 10th. The 11th is the dual um, 150s. Then the Daytona 500 will be on Valentine's Day. So take your Valentine to Daytona. I'm sure she'll get a big kick out of that. And while they're in Florida, they decided to do Homestead. So Homestead's gone from the last race of the season to the middle of the season to right now it's going to be the um, first race after Daytona. So... Instead of heading north after Daytona, they're going to go south. And that's a little bit different. Uh, then they're going to go to uh, Auto Club, which it says here, Auto Club 400. But the last I heard, they were making that into a half-mile track. So I don't know if it's still going to be two miles or half-mile. But um, that's to be determined. Uh, then Las Vegas, Phoenix, Atlanta for the Folds of Honor race they have every year. The dirt race at Bristol, make your plans, will be March the 28th. Uh, then the next week is Easter, and they've, they're taking that off. Then Martinsville, Richmond, Talladega on April 25th. Kansas, Darlington's new date is May 9th, which is Mother's Day. You know, and they had done Mother's Day for Darlington once before, and everybody said, oh, they're trying to kill it. Well, the mothers loved it, and they were packing them place. Yeah. They tried that Atlanta one time with Winston, and it drew many people. But ever since then, uh, the mamas like to see the races too. So, well, there's an awful lot of mamas that'll be there because uh, it worked uh, when they did it before. So that'll yep. be Darlington on May the ninth. Then they go to Dover for their only race of the year. Then they do not have a date on this one, but this nope, they do. It's made uh, no, they don't either. It, it's the uh, they go to the Circuit of the Americas next in Austin. It has no date, and no name. Um, nope, it does. Uh, uh, no, it has no name yet. So that's to I be think- determined. It looks like it may be made. This schedule I got is kind of wacky the way it printed out. It may be May twenty third because the next weekend is uh, uh, May thirtieth, and that's Memorial Day weekend, and they still got the Coca Cola six hundred. You want to say something there, Greg? Yeah, well, I know we're talking about next year's schedule, but I was just trying to think where where's where the last race that they cut off that you can get in. I know we're talking about that Kyle Busch might not get in if he don't do something pretty good. But when when is that will cut off this this race here? The day. In other words, the day is they either get it done and, and get in that top twelve or whatever. Top eight. Top eight. Yeah. Yeah. Like getting rid of four today. So uh, let me get through the rest of this here, and then we'll we'll take our break. Because uh, after Charlotte, they go to Sonoma, which they didn't go to at all this year. And, you know, they've had all those fires out there. I don't know if it got damaged (laughs) or not. Uh, 
But uh, June the 13th is the all-star race. So that's why you got a, a race the week before Texas. I mean, a week before the 600 is because they moved the all-star race to Texas uh, on June the 13th. Here's another new track they've added that I didn't mention just now. On June the 20th, on Father's Day, they go to Nashville. And, uh, and Nashville has also added an IndyCar race for next year. So that's another new race. Um, then the next weekend, June 26th and 27th, is the back-to-back races at Pocono. Then July 4th, get ready to go to uh, get your cheese hat to put on because that's when they go to Road America on the 4th of July. That's really a change. July 11th, back to Atlanta, and brother, it'll be hot for the, Co- for the um, Quaker State 400. Then um, they go to New Hampshire. They're going to take two weeks off for the Olympics. Well, that's well. That's I mean, cool. I, that's because uh, NBC, I guess, is is doing the races, and they they can't do the races in NASCAR. So that's that'll be a two week break in the middle of the season. Then Watkins Glen, I'm against this. They're running the road course at Indianapolis instead of the the big track. The I mean, that's hallowed ground. That's like the the to me, that's the top rung in all of auto racing. Is that track, and they're not going to use it. They're going to use it for the. They're going to use the road course. Um, then uh, Michigan, Daytona on August twenty eighth, and then the playoffs start, and then we'll get into that probably uh, after a little bit because we're going to take our first break right now and come back and talk to Will Cronkite, and he's going to tell us about the book he's written. And brother, it's a beauty because we, uh, we saw it yesterday, and uh, I can't wait to get into it. You're listening to Start Your Engines on Fox Sports Spartanburg. There's no points racing here. Greg, Perry, Ronnie, and Nelson are racing to win. You're listening to Start Your Engines on Fox Sports 1498.3 FM. Speedy Lube in Inman says to save time is to lengthen life for you and your car. Let Speedy Lube, Asheville Highway in Inman, lengthen the life and performance of your vehicle. Speedy Lube offers professional ASC certified mechanical service for your car. Be it an oil change, AC work, tires, brakes, front end, or any type of major or minor repair. Trust Speedy Lube in Inman. Open weekdays from 8 till 6. For fast, fair, and friendly service, visit Speedy Lube, Asheville Highway in Inman. Now say this out loud as you're driving around in your car. Fox Sports 1400 has Dan Patrick and Colin Cowherd back to back. Dan Patrick at 9, Colin Cowherd at noon. You hit the nail on the head. This is Spartanburg's Fox Sports 1400. Now on FM at 98.3. Man, I need a new car, but I have no idea where to look. Have you tried Impex Pre-Owned at Bowling Springs? Pre-Owned? I'm not looking for something with lots of mileage on it. That's why you need to go to Impex Pre-Owned, because they have a huge selection of new model cars and trucks with low mileage. Well, that sounds great, but i got to stick to my budget. And that's another reason why you need to check out Impex Pre-Owned. New model cars with low mileage at thousands less than you'll find anywhere else. Call Yvette today at 864-327-9297 or check out ImpexPreOwned.com. Impex Pre-Owned. Quality used cars made easy. Get ready for a slam dunk during the Nissan Now Sales event at Greer Nissan. It's Markdown Madness, and you'll score big with huge savings and low payments on all your favorite Nissan models. Get in the zone in an all-new 2020 Nissan Citra for only $129 per month. Take your pick. You can drive a 2020 Nissan Altima or Rogue for only $199 per month. Or score a new Titan pickup and save up to 30% off. Get big savings.
Chevys with our large selection of used vehicles, too. And if you need credit, come and get it. Vince knows high payments and slim dunk on savings. During the Nissan Now sales event at Greer Nissan today, low prices, big selection, and committed to quality customer service. Come see us on Wade Hampton Boulevard or shop online at GreerNissan.com. Call 864-479-1197 for more details. Are you sick of all the cookie-cutter, boring barbershops? If so, you need to visit the Ironspur Barber Company in Hillcrest Shopping Center. At the Ironspur Barber Company, professionalism and customer service is their top priority. Owner A.J. West makes sure that every customer gets exactly the haircut they want when they sit in his chair. So if you want to get your haircut like you like it and in a fun, man-cave-like environment, then give A.J. a call at 864-466-5289. The Ironspur Barber Company offers military and first responder discounts, and everyone is always welcome, even Clemson fans. First-time visitors, mention this ad and get $5 off. Call for an appointment today at 466-5289. Hi, this is your host, Perry Allen Wood. For the latest in auto racing, join us for Start Your Engines, Saturday mornings at 10, here on Fox Sports 1400 and 98.3 FM. And welcome back to Start Your Engines on Fox Sports 1400, and it's my great pleasure to welcome Will Cronkite to the show. Good morning, Will. Good morning, gentlemen. How are you? We're doing great. It sure was good to see you yesterday in a driving rainstorm. Will drove over from Rock Hill to, uh, or Fort Mill, wherever it's over there somewhere, and uh, had lunch with us at Applebee's and showed us his book and gave gave one away, or one or two. <laughs> I think Natalie got one. And, uh, yes, sir. And uh, it was just great to see you, Will. I'm glad you made it back safely, and... Uh, I haven't had a chance to look at it yet, but I can't wait to dig into your book. Tell us about it. That, that, that's no problem. I appreciate your uh, hospitality yesterday. You all treat me good when I come to Spartanburg. Thank you. Thank you. Well, you're welcome anytime. Tell us about the book and how'd you come about to write it, and um, and we'll go from there. Well, um, most of you are familiar. There was a, a while there around Christmas in 1970. I had, I had a little loss of some family folks, and I left. Uh, Michigan and came south and really didn't, I never went back. I called them once in a while, but I, I got to thinking I need to write something down, tell them relatives of mine what the heck I was doing in all those times. And I think I mentioned to you yesterday after that particular accident, I worked 13 years and six months and never took a day off. And it just dawned on me, I was had kind of let go with some of my responsibilities with my family. So I wanted to write the book about just to give them some idea of what I'd been doing down there in the South. They weren't stock car folks. And um, I talked with Humpy Wheeler about it a little bit. And he encouraged me to do it. And I'd gotten off into metal shaping. And the people at the metal shaping events, we go there for four or five days at a time and spend all day and, you know, all night. You just, just a big crowd of folks building fenders and car parts and stuff. And they, they kept interested in me telling them stories. And every time I'd, start telling them some racing stories they said i need to write a book and i can't write a book but i just wrote down some of my stories and then humpy encouraged me a little bit and you helped me a great deal um and it just it just grew from there and then when the virus deal came up uh I, it just made me sit down and i just finished it out during that period of time i just fleshed out you know the stories that i'd written and it, it, you can see it it turned out to be a little bit bigger book than i anticipated but perry this wasn't I wasn't trying to be a writer 
or become famous or rich or nothing. I just had on my bucket list I wanted to write this book, and that's just how it turned out. Well, I'm, I'm happy with it. The, I'm happy with it. The name of the book, we're talking with Will Cronkite, and the name of his new book um, is uh, I Was a NASCAR Redneck. But you're gonna. I couldn't. I couldn't begin to tell you that hype. Hype. Uh, oh, what's the word I'm trying to say? The other title to it. Um, uh, oh, the subtitle. Hey, yeah, the subtitle. But there's a fancy word for that, and I've got them on all my books, and I can't think of it. But go, what is that subtitle? Well, uh, Pat, Humpy okay, encouraged hold, hold, me hold, with this too. It, hold it, 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 it's the it's the recollections of the transformation of a Yankee farm boy to a Southern redneck. In the golden era of NASCAR and beyond. That's a long, and what the word I'm trying to think of is parenthetical. <laughs> the parenthetical <laughs> title. <laughs> oh, well, you know more about that than I do. I, well, I, I'm really proud of the book. I wrote the inside, but I had a lot of help on the outside. And, and of course, your friend there, Greg Moore, was very kind in helping me put together some really nice stuff on the back cover of this book. And I'm appreciative of him, and particularly, uh, his dad, and, and and the truth be known, if you got right down to it, if if I did have any degree of success in NASCAR, I, I think I could trace it back to to Bud Moore and Greg agreeing to sell me a car. <laughs> if that hadn't happened, none of this other stuff would have happened, and nothing would have grown from it. So I, I think, in hindsight, I'm probably pretty indebted to to Greg and Bud Moore. Yeah, yeah, I want Greg and you, uh, y'all had a great discussion about that car yesterday, and I'd like you to kind of rehash it right now. Yeah, it, it, it it's a good, uh, it's a real good story. And, uh, you know, Will's an excellent mechanic, motor builder, do about anything. But it was kind of a, we were converting the cars over from 77 to 78, and the, the, the Baker uh, Talladega car, which had won Talladega the year before, uh, we had it intact. We got thinking about it. Was the gun converted or not? Well, uh, Will Cronkite shows up the door, and we've known him for years. He sits up by the car and everything. We've got talking to him, too, and he uh, would come up with a good price, and it was a good car and had a, had a decent engine in it, and uh, Will and him made the thing work. I mean, it was just... Uh, it was amazing. I mean, it just it drawed a lot of heads. It, uh, it well, we were going with some of the stuff like I mean, it, like I left the seat, the seat low, like Baker had it, and that kind of got Earnhardt sitting down in the car. But uh, tell us a little bit how that that stuff trans, transformed. I mean, you don't you don't have to deal with the car. Well, I, I appreciate those kind words, and the while the seat was low. Um, I think that one of the stories that's still in there in the book was about my introduction to Ironhead. And when we found out that he was Willie T. Ribs wasn't going to drive that car, Dale came down and we spent four hours cutting, moving the seat. And he said he wanted to fit the seat. So I thought he was going to drill some holes or make a new bracket or something. And we did all that and it wasn't low enough to suit him. So we cut the brackets out and lowered the bracket or the frame and it didn't suit him. We actually dropped the floor of that car about three quarters of an inch, set that seat frame down in there and moved it back. And I didn't quite understand, you know, why we were doing that. And he could tell I didn't understand. And he said, you don't know what we're doing, do you? And I said, no, but it's like being married. You know, mama ain't happy. Nobody's having a good time. So I said, we'll do it however you want. And then he pointed out to me, he says, you get in the car. And he says, where's that car in front of you when you 
dive into turn one at Charlotte. And I pointed straight ahead, and he kind of shook his head a little bit. He said, where's the car in front of him? And I looked at him like he wasn't too bright. And I said, right in front of him. But he went and then he went and stood by the left front A-post of that car, and it dawned on me. He was sitting back and low so he could see further up that upper A-post corner and could see further around the racetrack. And right then I knew he, I mean, he had to um, testicles to make me do that before he ever got in the car. And I was, I've been impressed ever since. And that was a pretty car too. And I've got a, yeah, I got a big die cast of it sitting on my desk at home that you gave me years ago. And it was, a. Uh, it pretty much had Bud Moore's colors, the white with the yep. blue stripe. But uh, yep. I love those, the way you had the 96s painted on there and Cardinal tractor <laughs> and, uh, and Dale Earnhardt senior. And that was, I, I guess that was his first really good ride. Well, I, I hope so. I know in the well, I want to tell you about them at number ninety six. Uh, okay. I didn't. Ha- I didn't. Ha- I didn't have a lot of money, and we was getting late. I couldn't get a sign painter, and I wasn't sure I had enough money to pay a sign painter if he did show up. I took uh, a five gallon bucket and drew two parallel circles, and then I took a drain pan and drew two bigger circles over that. So I had two great big zeros on the side of the car, just drawn in pencil. And then I took some of that uh, two rows, two widths of gray tape and put them in there at that angle. And then the sign painter did get there. And so he painted at 96 with a nine down and the six up. And, and it was drawn from a paint can and a drain pan. It is how them two zeros got put on that car before the nine and the six were made out of it. That's why the numbers are offset like that. Well, it's cool because the, the zeros that you made the nine and the six out of are that you, like you said, they're parallel. They're right yeah. side by side. The nine goes down and the six goes up and it just makes a cool effect. And I, I love that car. As a, you had some pretty good success with Earnhardt in that car, right? Well, we did. We ran really, really well our second race at uh, Daytona. And uh, we never led, but we were in the top five with about, I don't know, I'm thinking 15, 20 laps to go, and a caution came out. And we we were just on. You know, you got good days and you had bad days, and this was a particularly good day. So we just put on, uh, you know, there were three cars running for the lead, and I knew we weren't going to beat them. But when they, we came in for the pits, we just put right sides on, put enough gas to finish, and sent him out. And we didn't lead, but I think we were running second or third, and it took them real fast boys probably four or five laps to get around him, and they had to pass him. He didn't screw up, and, you know, they, they, had, to, they had to drive around him, and they, he held them off big time. And I'm of the opinion that particular end of that race is what probably Rod Osterlund was watching and gave him an opportunity. And hired him the next year, and he won uh, Rookie of the Year with Osterlin. And then the next year, he won the championship with Osterlin. So yeah. I'd say, uh, yeah, he's pretty... I'd say you gave him a pretty good uh, launching pad. Well, I, I'd like that. You know, is did you say you've got Alan Hill there with you? Alan Hill is sitting right here, and he just got through telling me a second ago how smart you are. <laughs> well, <laughs> you need you need to get him out a little bit more and <laughs> give him a little more more to look at. I appreciate him saying that, but his brother was Mike. Is that right? That is correct. It still is. Well, then, yeah, then, <laughs> then I have a question for you guys. I was, I remember you telling me that I read in your book about Joe finishing third, but thought he won that race in Talladega. And I got to looking back at my 
uh, spreadsheet that I used to write this book. And, and in my opinion, from that spreadsheet, I was a crew chief on that car. But I, I remember going to Texas, and, and you, like you and I talked about yesterday, Joe pretty much thinks he won every race he was in. So That's I might right. not have just been paying too much attention. I do remember there being a hubbub, but I would like to know if Mike was working for me then. I know Mike worked for me in uh, at Cecil Gordon's, and I'd like to know if Mike remembers that. I, 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 I would have met Mike in Spartanburg, which is where I had Joe's car. So I'm, I'd really like to know if Mike was, when I hired Mike and when, if he might've been with us there at Texas. I'd, Mike, needs to help me with that. Well, this is Alan, and uh, Mike went with you to Detroit to deliver a load of rebar or something, didn't he? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was, a, that, was a, that was up at Joe Frazon's shop up there at Southern Shops up there. That, that okay? Then I, that'll tell me. That yeah. will tell me. Yes, well, sir. I yep. told, I told, yeah, that's right. That's 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 a good story too. That that's a. I told Perry, I said, I have 57 Chevrolet, and I drove up there to see them race cars, and you were sitting in a little bitty room and had one of them great big white draft boards. I said, that's got to be a smart man in there on that draft board. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was in there because that, that table was too big to get out of that room. That was the only place I had to sit at. I think uh, Mike um, used to listen to the show, so we may be hearing from him later. But um, you know, that, uh, Yeah, that'd be cool. That'd be cool. Because one of the things about that, I think the story's in the book. I think it's called pole parking. <laughs> we took After we went to Charleston to get that rebar to take to Joe, he sold a car to a guy named Jerry Scarlato in Cincinnati. And we didn't have cell phones, and we had a hard time and getting a hold of him. And we got there like at 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning. Joe quit answering the phone because we was keeping him awake. He could we, Nobody could get a hold of Jerry Scarlato. But he had a restaurant on 7th and Walnut in downtown Cincinnati. So we ended up, we, we took this car backed it up on the took back the trailer up on the sidewalk, chained that car to the light pole that was out in front of Jerry Scarlato's restaurant. <laughs> and we drove out from underneath that thing. <laughs> so I guess when Jerry Scarlato came to work the next morning, there's this race wreck crashed race car tied to a light pole out in front of his shop. <laughs> I think I guess it really ticked him off as Mike and I drove off with the key <laughs> to the chain block. Uh <laughs> He'll remember that, I'm certain. <laughs> I think he said something about a city up there or a township named Hale. And what? Uh, it was some town up there named Hale. Hale up there, somewhere like Hale in Michigan or something like that. Oh, there is a town called Hale, that's correct. <laughs> he said it, he said it was cold. He said it was cold up there. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. There, there's days... When it snows in hell. That's right. That, <laughs> that, that, town, that town is not probably 15 miles from where my, where my mom grew up in, up around, uh, Howell, Michigan. Um, but there is, there's a town like that. I, I, I don't, I think I might have taken a picture of that sign, but there is. There's a place called Hell, Michigan. That's right. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he was, yeah. He's right. We're talking to Will Cronkite. Will, we're getting close to the end of our segment here. Tell people how you the name of your book again and how they can get it. Okay, the name of the book was I Was a NASCAR Redneck, and I've got a website, and it's called NASCAR Redneck. One word, lowercase. But you can get on there, and the pictures that are in the book, they're in black and white, uh, go through as a slideshow in color. And there's a page there where you can order the book both by PayPal and by check, if you like. Uh, there's a blog on there, and uh, I, I really appreciate people trying to get on that blog. It's, it, I put it there so they could ask questions about the, 
any stories or pictures or whatever. I've had a little trouble operating it, and I'm not real good at computers. So it's going a little slow. But well, you must be pretty good. I'm going to tell you something now. I wrote my first book, but it's been about 16 years ago now, 15, and I've written five of them, and I don't have a blog, and I don't have a website, and uh, Will Cronkite's got this book out, and he's doing it right, and I'm telling you what, um, I'm real proud to know you, Will, and uh, and you're a great guest. I appreciate it. Anytime. You, go, you folks treat me well. I'll, I'll help you any way I can. You guys are great. Well, um, just uh, you're welcome to come on the show if you want to. Uh, just get in touch with me. I'll be glad to. Uh, we'll be glad to put you on and let you promote whatever you want to promote. You're a great guy, and, uh, and thanks for coming on. And you can always just come right. up there and eat lunch with us, like we did. <laughs> yeah. that's, that's oh yeah, too. that was a good deal. Yeah, yeah, that's a pretty in, good enticement yeah. right there. Get me to come to Spartanburg. That's a pretty good place. Yeah, thank well, you, gentlemen. You were very thank, kind, Jimmy. Thank, thank you. Thank, thank you, Bill. Okay, and that was Will Cronkite, and we. Uh, Really, really had a good time with him yesterday, and I hope his book does well. He, he's a very intelligent guy. Uh, well, he is. I can see that right now, and I look forward to uh, look forward to reading that book. I really do. Well, let's take our next break. As Nelson, I hope that was him calling in. I just sort of said, hold on, and put him on hold, so I assume that was Nelson. If not, we'll talk to somebody here coming back from this break. But you are listening to Start Your Engines on Fox Sports Spartanburg. Frank's for the Memories is a great hot dog place for lunch. Why Frank's for the Memories? Because hot dogs for the Memories just doesn't cut the mustard. Frank's for the Memories has more than great hot dogs. Enjoy a choice of four delicious bird dogs featuring a deep-fried chicken tender on a hot dog bun. Frank's for the Memories makes their homemade chili daily and has great signs like french fries, onion rings, and corn nuggets. Frank's for the Memories 468 Oak Grove Road next to Westview Elementary is open for lunch Monday through Saturday till 3.30 p.m. Frank's for the Memories. Get ready for a slam dunk during the Nissan Now Sales event at Greer Nissan. It's Markdown Madness. And you'll score big with huge savings and low payments on all your favorite Nissan models. Get in the zone in an all-new 2020 Nissan Citra for only $129 per month. Take your pick. You can drive a 2020 Nissan Altima or Rogue for only $199 per month. Or score a new Titan pickup and save up to 30% off. Get big savings on our large selection of used vehicles, too. And if you need credit, come and get it. Bench those high payments and slam dunk on savings during the Nissan Now Sales event at Greer Nissan today. Low prices, big selection, and committed to quality customer service. Come see us on Wade Hampton Boulevard or shop online at GreerNissan.com. Call 864-479-1197 for more details. Your complete car care center is Par 3 Automotive in Boiling Springs. Par 3 Automotive can take care of your vehicle in a hurry. Whether you need an oil change, new tires, alignments, or anything in between, they have you covered. When it's hot outside, let them check your air conditioning. They specialize in maintenance and repairs, big or small. If you need your oil change quickly, ask about their express oil change. Stop in at 1930 Boiling Springs Road or call for an appointment, 864-599-5900. As Par 3 Automotive, your complete car care center. Make Phillips and Long Fuel Chesney your source for propane in Spartanburg County. They offer propane for hot water heaters, cooking, and heat. They can fill your grill tank and get you ready for grilling season. Not only do they sell propane, but they sell a large variety of propane accessories such as grill tanks and other appliances that run on propane. If your propane tank is running low, call and they'll have it filled within one business day. Call them at 864-461-8511. 
That's Phillips and Long Fuel, located at 421 South Alabama Avenue in Chesney. Selecting a financial advisor to entrust your hard-earned assets is one of the most important decisions you will ever make. Janie Montgomery Scott has more than 185 years of experience, tracing its roots to 1832. Janie's boutique size allows it to remain agile, meeting the demands of turbulent market cycles while addressing the needs of its clients. Trent Lancaster in the Spartanburg office of Janie Montgomery Scott sets the bar high. He provides superior advice, expertise, and support through every stage of your life and finances. As a firm, Janie's regional size offers the advantages of scale, allowing for close client relationships with personalized advice and planning. Call Trent today to discuss your estate planning needs by calling 864-585-8282. That's 864-585-8282. Or visit TrentLancaster.com. Janie Montgomery Scott, LLC. Member FINRA, NYSE, and SIPC. The Dan Patrick Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on Spartanburg's Fox Sports 1400, now on FM at 98.3. Nelson Crozier is trackside and ready to go. What's going on at this week's big race? Let's go live to Nelson now. Good morning, Nelson. How you doing, buddy? Doing pretty good. Bring on the ring. Yeah, it's uh, that was quite a show last night. Do you watch the Xfinity race? Yes, I did. That was, uh, I don't know, one of those announcers says you're watching history, and I guess you were. I don't think, I don't think the the cars were equipped for that. Um, I mean, that much rain, I, I, I think it's a great idea they try to run in the rain, but uh, that was just a lot of water to try to move. Uh, that it was, but the biggest problem was, uh, as it got later toward evening, uh, there were a lot of that infield had no lights. So they put a lot of temporary lights in for tonight's cup race. Right. So, uh, well, I mean, it, it was just, uh, what do they call that, a perfect storm, uh, literally, because um, it was an important race and it was on a track that they aren't familiar with that much, too much yet, I don't think, and, and just... More water than than you should have to put up with. I mean, those splitters were underwater, and but I thought it was entertaining. I mean, it was. You, you, I even watched a little bit of the sports car race later, and it was a uh, um, was an entertaining evening. So, but anyway, we had quite a bit of movement or uh, or news in NASCAR this week, and uh, with Boyer and Ben D. Benedetto and Cendric. So, why don't you uh, sum up some of it for us, if you can? Well. Uh-huh. It's still a free-for-all as who's going where. You know, we filled a couple of seats, but there's a lot more to be filled. Uh, you know, good chance Chase is going in the 41 car. I'm sorry, into the 14 car. Who, uh, who is going into the 14 car? Uh, Chase Briscoe. Oh, okay. All right. That makes sense. Not, not positive yet, but that, that that's the indication. Uh but, you know, you have a couple of new teams starting. Uh, you know, so what's going to happen there? Well, I saw, um, I guess that they were talking about that, that some of the movement, and uh, they had Suarez going to a car number 99, and, and then they mentioned the owner, and I, I thought they might have said Martin. I was caught totally by no, surprise. Uh, that's Justin Marks. Marks, okay. 
Yeah, uh, he drove uh, you know, some a while back, and that'll uh, have an alliance with Richard Childers. Okay, so that will be a but, Chevrolet. Yeah, but then, you know, uh, who's going in the 95 car? And it's going to be a one-car team or a two-car team. So that might be a fallback if, uh, you know... Uh, The 95 team, that was uh, Christopher Bell's driving that car now. And isn't that the Levine family racing? I thought they were going out of business. Or no, something. they they went out. But, uh, you know, uh, that's Marty Gaunt's team who uh, Suarez drove for this year. Okay. And, um, of course, uh, you've got still some uh, rumors swirling around about... Uh, Kyle Larson getting back in a car, and I was kind of surprised. What's the logic behind, um, uh, bo- um, oh, who, the guy that drives number 88 uh, going over to drive uh, the 48? Oh, okay. Uh, a couple of things Bowman, there. Bowman. Yeah, Bowman. I couldn't I couldn't think of his name. Yeah, like uh, Bowman going to the 48, leaving the 88, which is just like uh, changing cars in-house. Well, yes and no. Uh, the 48 is well-funded, uh, and, you know, uh, question about, you know, the 88 is probably going to turn into the 5 or the 51, uh, and, you know, uh, if, uh, I can't think of his name off head, uh, you know, who's been suspended. If he comes back... Larson. Barbie? Kyle Larson. Kyle Larson, yes. Uh, if he's allowed back, uh, he might go into that uh, 88 slash 5 slash 51 car uh, because that's not fully supported by Chevrolet. And it all depends on you know, what kind of sponsorship they get there. But the latest indication was that he's probably going to go to a Toyota team because they sponsor his uh, dirt car. Uh. But, you know, that's all conjecture. Uh, you're talking about California going to the half mile. Yes, sir. That will not be until 2022. Okay. So they'll run that. And, and that's something else I wanted to touch on, that, that, that wild new schedule. So that will be on the, the current track, the two-mile track. That, that is correct. Uh, and, uh, go ahead. Uh, unrelated word of mention, Red Farmer was back at the track last week after uh, the COVID-19 scare. Oh, that's great. Was he, I mean, at the track or behind the wheel at the track? I think he was behind the wheel. That was the indication, but, uh, you know, I'm not positive. Well, that's uh, that's great news right there because, boy, he, t- we, he was a great guest. We'd never had him on before, and I, that was a pleasure having him. A um, couple of more things here. Uh, what I, I mean, we already touched on the schedule, and I read it down to where the chase starts, but uh, what's your impression of the, of the new schedule? With the, uh, I mean, there's so much to talk about there. Uh, you know, new tracks, tracks losing their, uh, um, losing their, their date, you know, and... Uh, and losing their well, losing got, their dates altogether, or losing a date of two, and and new tracks popping up. It's just a lot to, a lot happening there, and and obviously right. they like road courses. 
you have to look at who owns the tracks uh, at law states uh, because, you know, with a few exceptions, Nashville being one of them, uh, you know, uh, NASCAR owns a big chunk of them, and Wooten Smith owns uh, the other big chunk. So they took the all-star race away from Charlotte, uh, gave it to Texas, which lost a day to uh, the, the road horse, Circuit of America. But now, as an additional twist in that, I understand that... Uh, you know, Texas uh, slash Burton Smith, they have uh, leased the track, so that will still be an IRC track. I'm sorry, Burton uh, Smith would be waiting. Right. Motorsports track. Okay, well, I guess that they had to throw him a bone since they took uh, since they took something. They had to give him something back, and uh, and uh, and having the All Star race at this track in Texas, so. Uh, um, I want to ask you one more question before we have to let you go, and that was uh, back in uh, going back to Talladega last week. You know, there was <coughs> I knew that was going to happen. I always get my rev limiter hits me. Um, but what was your impression of the, uh, you know, the, the yellow line getting below it? You know, that's popped up a lot. You know, for years, but it seemed to be a politically correct answer is no comment. <laughs> what's that mean <laughs> Dave Benedetto got robbed well I, I, I would agree with that and uh, I, you know I kind of like what Junior said I think he was the one that said just do away with the double yellow line that's you, right yeah. well uh, the other comment that was made that NASCAR made we've got to do something about this crazy driving I said for years get rid of the block. Because somebody's going to get hurt bad if they don't. And they start blocking so early. I mean, they block immediately. First lap, and these crazy announcers that never shut up. I know you feel the same way about Jeff Burton that I do. Uh, but, I mean, you know, they act like every single race, they go crazy because there's two or three abreast. And I mean, there are, there's always two or three abreast. I mean, it's nothing new. They just act like it's... Uh, you know they're going crazy from the start, and it's the same way every race. But, but as as far as uh, uh, the yellow line, I, I I guess it had its purpose maybe at one time, and I don't even know if maybe when that got started, I would I would venture to guess maybe with the Kale Yarborough, Donny Allison thing at Daytona. But uh, no, I, no, it, it was uh, much later. But the biggest thing with the uh, yellow line. It needs to be used as a guideline, and it stops, uh, they need to stop some of this uh, nitpicking officiating. Well, they've been nitpicking. Uh, uh, I, I read some comments on the Internet last week uh, after Talladega, and there was, I mean, the general consensus, consensus of opinion was that just what you said, Di Benedetto got robbed, and um, that was a shame, but, you know, he uh, he's going to get his win and, and the Wood Brothers' hundredth win, and I'm glad they're keeping him around for another year. Before I guess they're going to put Cendric in that car. That's correct. All right. Well, um, anything else, Nelson? You want to say before uh, we let you go at the top of the hour? We got Paul Dallin back coming on at eleven o'clock, and he's going to tell us about losing a 
Pikes Peak by three tenths of a second, which is kind of incredible over like a twelve or fourteen mile yeah. course. Yeah, well, there's still comment. Uh, you know, the Lord Mayweather uh, is coming in with the money team, but uh, you know that's just conjecture. All of a sudden, the charters are worth a lot of money. You know, when the '78 team uh, you know folded. They almost couldn't give the charter away. And now all of a sudden, even the mediocre charters, uh, you're worth three to five million dollars. Well, I didn't. Um, the 13 team, uh, the Geico team sold their charter to, uh, the Michael Jordan bunch. Right. And that'll be the 23 car more than likely. I would imagine it would be number 23. So, um, the, uh, was that German Racing, something like that? Is they had the thirteen? They're they're out. That is correct. They they sold their charter uh, to Michael Jordan. Okay. Well, Nelson, I tell you what, there's a lot to talk about, and uh, um, you sound great. And uh, it's um, coming up on the top of the hour here, and we appreciate you coming on. And um, stay safe, my friend. Okay. We're picking cars this week. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. Yeah, okay. in fact, since you're leading the pack, uh, I can tell you that uh, I guess Ronnie's got 19. We haven't heard from him. I took uh, Elliot. Greg took Kyle Busch. Uh, Lanny took Logano. And um, you go ahead. I think it's a toss-up, but I think I'll take the four-car. But... The oddsmakers say that the nine car uh, is the odds-on favorite. Well, that's good for me. You know, he won it, was it last year or the year before, after he forgot to turn, going into the first right. turn, and uh, he still won. Okay. It will be interesting. Yes, it will. Okay, I'm glad you brought that up, because dadgum, I did forget about it. So, uh, all right. Okay, and, and one more thing, which a lot of people complain about. All right. NBC... You know, go into uh, a different uh, your network for the end of the race. Last night. Oh, last night was well, they kind of last night. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and I thought they said uh, NBCSN, and I couldn't find it, but it was CNBC oh. over there where the politics are. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I, I couldn't find them for a little bit. Oh, I, I do have one question. Well, make it quick. I'm gonna make it real quick. Uh, whatever happened to the Laura chassis? That 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 that's gone with the wind, ain't it? I'm pretty sure. Um, I think we're going to have two people making the chassis, but I'm not sure. You know who who they ended up with. At one point, uh, it was uh, Carl Bush's uh, bunch were going to make them, but uh, you know I'm not sure at this point who's doing it. Yeah, I believe it. But, it's it's going to be a spec chassis that you have to buy from uh, either a single vendor or two vendors. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Okay, Nelson, we appreciate it. And uh, like I say, with this lot of exciting racing yet to come, and next year going to be all kinds of things. So, uh, next week we're on Sunday again. So uh, we'll talk to you next Sunday. Okay, and there will be fans again next Sunday. Oh, okay. Where are they next Sunday? I don't even know where they're racing. Uh, Kansas, I believe. Okay. All right, then. Well, the wind comes whistling down the plane out there, and I guess it doesn't have any 
COVID-19 in it. So we'll talk I, to you next I week. I hope not. Yeah, I hope so. Hope not. Okay. Thank you, Nelson. Mm-hmm. All right. That's Nelson Crozier, who uh, is sounding better every week. He does. He gave us the whole 20 minutes, as much as we could give him, and uh, proved again that he is. The smart, smartest man I know. Smartest man Greg knows, too, yep. evidently. Yep, no doubt about it. Which now, I bragged on Will Cronkite a while ago. So, them two right there, I'm going to tell you what. You put them two together, you can come up with something. Yeah. You know, and, I, and we mentioned uh, Nelson to Will yesterday. And Wilson, uh, I mean, you had to sort of jog uh, Will's Will's memory of, about Nelson. But uh, I, I'm sure they crossed paths a lot of time. Yeah, they had to. They had to, but like I say, even their 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 mannerisms are similar. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it, it just Will Will's like just like uh, Nelson. He, he's just very intelligent and knows a lot about race cars. And knows about the technology that it takes to do it. Um, well, I'm probably the dumbest one on the show because <laughs> all I know is what y'all tell me and what I read about. So uh, and right. what I remember. Well, I ain't going to tell them what I'm liable to tell you. I might not even know what I'm saying myself half the time. But. No, you're doing great, Greg. I tell you what, you you, you came, up with, came, came up with some stuff yesterday at the at the Applebee's table that um, I was like, man, I've never heard Greg talk about this stuff before, especially when you get into trailing arms and things and, and all that sort of stuff. Oh, yeah. yeah we, uh, Will brought up something about the long trailing arms, so we, we kind of... <laughs> we okay. went off on a tangent. Anyway, uh, we got to get our guy coming in that way. Yep, we got to. Well, we're going to get cut off here by the network. So they're yeah. going to they're going to take a break. We'll be back after the top of the hour. Mike Daly is Fox Sports fourteen hundred WSBG Spartanburg. <laughs> now on FM at ninety eight three. Okay, let's go. Let's go from the top. Let's go. Before we head it to the NFL on Fox, you know we've got to kick it off first. Let's go! This is Fox NFL Kickoff. place for lunch. Why Frank's for the Memories? Because Hot Dogs for the Memories just doesn't cut the mustard. Frank's for the Memories has more than great hot dogs. Enjoy a choice of four delicious bird dogs featuring a deep fried chicken tender on a hot dog bun. Frank's for the Memories makes their homemade chili daily and has great signs like french fries, onion rings, and corn nuggets. Frank's for the Memories 468 Oak Grove Road next to Westview Elementary is open for lunch Monday through Saturday till 3.30 p.m. Frank's for the Memories 
Spartanburg has been known as the hub city for decades due to our proximity to rail lines and interstate highways. Upstate Logistics has been part of the hub city transportation scene for over a decade. Upstate Logistics provides businesses with warehousing and transportation services, including inbound and outbound rail shipments. And more importantly, we support Spartanburg. Be it high school and college sports or important community projects, Upstate Logistics wants to help move Spartanburg forward. Upstate Logistics, keeping your business and Spartanburg moving forward. To find out more, visit UpstateLogistics.com. Speedy Lube and Inman says to save time is to lengthen life for you and your car. Let Speedy Lube, Asheville Highway and Inman lengthen the life and performance of your vehicle. Speedy Lube offers professional ASC certified mechanical service for your car. Be it an oil change, AC work, tires, brakes, front end, or any type of major or minor repair. Trust Speedy Lube in Inman. Open weekdays from 8 till 6. For fast, fair, and friendly service, visit Speedy Lube, Asheville Highway in Inman. Throughout your life, you've worked hard to accumulate assets, to build wealth, and to provide for your family. You've built a comfortable life full of shared memories and experiences. Providing and protecting your loved ones is never more critical than when you aren't there to do so. While having a will is important, it's not the only way. That is why developing an estate plan can be the best thing you will ever do for them. Working with our estate planning experts, Trent Lancaster in the Spartanburg office of Janie Montgomery Scott can help you to design Design a customized estate plan that can protect and preserve your assets for the next generation. The sooner you begin, the sooner you can be at ease knowing that your loved ones will be provided for as you intended. Contact Trent today to discuss your estate planning needs by calling 864-585-8282. That's 864-585-8282. Or visit TrentLancaster.com. Janie Montgomery Scott, LLC, member FINRA, NYSE, and SIPC. From the Beacon Drive-In Studios in Spartanburg, South Carolina, Fox Sports 1498.3 FM presents Start Your Engines. 20 years of trying, 20 years of frustration. Dale Earnhardt will come to the caution flag to win the Daytona 500. Here is your racing team for today. Show producer Ronnie Black. Local action from winning car builder and owner Alan Hill. Track reporter and racing insider Nelson Crozier. Former NASCAR team manager and author Greg Moore. Now, here's your host for Start Your Engines, racing historian and author, Harry Allen Wood. Gentlemen, start your Welcome back to the second hour of the first Sunday edition of Start Your Engines. And we're uh, having a great show this morning. And one of the best shows I thought we had last year. They're all good, but never had met or spoken to Paul Dallenbach before because we really got into Pikes Peak last year. And uh, it's about a month or so old now, but it's still fresh in Paul's mind. And we have Paul Dallenbach on the line. Good morning, Paul. Good morning. Thanks for having me. Well, we're glad to have you, and thank you so much for coming on. You're out in Los Angeles where it's uh, 8 o'clock in the morning, right? Yeah, I'm actually uh, in Vegas. I'm working in between uh, Los Angeles and Vegas out in the desert somewhere. We're going to be doing, I'm going to be driving out there right after this phone call, uh, doing a little film work for uh, Acura. Now, you know, I, I want to get into Pike Speak in a minute, but you. Actually, I was going to yeah. come to this second, but you do a lot of, of, do we see you on a lot of commercials? Because it looked like to me, 
that you do a lot for Ford trucks. And uh, there's Ford trucks commercials on all day long. Yeah, um, you never really see me. I mean, once in a while, you, you'll you'll they'll put me in as a as an actor, but mostly we double the actors. Um, I pretty much work for everybody. Uh, you know, Audi is. I've been doing Audi stuff for over twenty years, but um, I work for everybody. I do a lot of Ford. Um, I've, I did just shot the new Hummer. Uh, so next uh, on the twentieth, they're going to re- start releasing that. Um, just did Lincoln in New York and then Audi out in LA. So yeah, I'm bouncing around all over the place. Um, after six months of being shut down. Um, so it's kind of nice to get back, back into the swing of things. And we all feel the same way about that. Well, you stay safe out there, but, uh, I think, uh, yeah. uh, it sounds like a great life to me. So let's talk about Pike's Peak. <laughs> now, it, it, it is it correct. Am I correct reading these numbers here that you really, um, I mean, you fell short by like three-tenths of a second. Is that accurate? Yeah, it was six-tenths uh, this year. And, um, you know, it was it was still a very good run. But at the, at the same time, you know, I was talking to Wally Jr. about this, saying, man, you almost want to lose by 20 seconds, not a half a second. Um, and and, and so it's 12 uh, or 14 miles yeah. up the hill. It's 12 and a half miles. Right. And 156 turns. And this year we went with a whole new uh, engine package. So we normally run, um, you know, a a small block Chevy. I tried to get uh, a Ford motor this year. I went and talked to, went to SEMA and talked to Ford, and they they seemed interested in getting that new 410 uh, small block they had. But we ended up going with um, uh, the Menards Indy engine, which was a, a V6 turbo which we made it twin turbos and um it, we were kind of just learning every day uh without without much testing and and no other races to run before that um you know we were trying to pile it all into one week but i think another day we would have been you know another day of practice we would have been been a little quicker but uh that's the way it is you know it just was um you know i didn't get a chance this year to run i actually had neck surgery and in uh in may which sidelined me for two months so i couldn't even do any testing up until like the week before the race so um it it was still great it was a fun run um the road was super slick but uh you know coming up a half a second short was (laughs) that's a little tough tough to take we're talking to paul dollin back pikes peak hill climb former champion and almost again this year and former record holder let me ask you now this when we set this interview up, Paul sent me very kindly um, uh, like a nine or ten minute video of his run on this year. And I mean, <laughs> and I watched it like uh, the next day or something. And I was it was pretty late at night. And I knew he was out in California. And I just got on, grabbed my phone and I, and I said, that's crazy. And he says, yeah, but it's a lot of fun. Um but look, I, this is either an incredibly stupid question or a brilliant question. But with a 12 and a half mile course you go up and you lose by half a second. Uh, and I don't even like the word lose. I think you win if you make it to the yeah. top of the hill. But uh, <laughs> is there some place along there that you know where you lost the half second? Or, I mean, is there one place that you can think yeah. of in those 156 turns that you think you could have done better? Yeah, you know, watching the video over and over, 
there's several places, but, you know, I always go back to saying I'm sure Clint Bashelt, who won overall, um, you know, he's saying the same thing. He made some mistakes and stuff like that, but it was my third sector. If you look at the times, it's broken up into four sectors, and my, my third sector was the one that I lost all my time. Um, I was quickest on the bottom overall, but the third one, and it it just, there was a couple false neutrals that I got into. We were having a little gearbox gremlins, and um, also the road was super slick, and I was just a little probably over-cautious uh, looking back at it, of course. Um, you know, I am looking at going that up now. There, you're just, I've got yeah. those stats here, and it looks like you lost about four seconds. Yeah, I lost four seconds in in the um, in that third third sector. Which, you know, I I got to the top, and I knew there was a couple places in that sector where I lifted a little bit because the car. All, the road was, was super slick, uh, and I'll tell you a couple reasons why. Um, they're building a new Summit House up top, and uh, there's a lot of trucks going up every day, probably mm. 10, 15 semis go up every day, and it drops all that you know, diesel fuel and whatever on the road. In the morning in practice, we did not have really that, the, that road condition, didn't feel that way, but when the road got warm, when we raced, and it's later in the day, the sun brought out the oils, and it just threw everybody off. And uh, plus, it was really windy that day, so there were there were a couple of factors into it. But it was the same for everybody. But uh, you know, it just kind of threw everybody off, and everybody was a little bit like, "Oh boy, what, why is that? Did somebody dropped fluid in front of me." You know, you really don't know why it was loose. Um, and then, you know, once you got to the top, everybody was complaining about the road. Uh, but yeah, the top three guys overall were all within a second. So, um, uh, it was, it was one of the closest races for the, really the top five cars for the overall that they've had in a very long time. So it was exciting in that, that standpoint of it. Um, but you know, I, I've won this race several times by half a second. Well, <laughs> so it evens out. So it's all good. You know, I'm looking at this, and this is how unobservant I am. I've had this since uh, we first tried to get you on the show a month ago. And it's got the speeds for all the segments and everything. And I could have answered my own question. Because I, can, I look at it now when you said the third section. I said, yeah. Uh, yeah. The other guy did it in 244.601, and you didn't did it in 248.327. So, uh, you know, that's around four yeah. seconds. And I could, I could have answered my own question but anyway um yeah so we had them on the bottom we had them by almost three seconds on the bottom so yeah. that's where it all was you know it's just got to put it all together yeah <laughs> uh, in any kind of race uh now the electric cars weren't there were they has it been like a couple of years since they showed up there, or there was a few but they were mostly like um teslas and stuff which they had problems this year they had two of them that that crashed pretty heavily mm. um but uh yeah, this year was a, a unique year because of the um, you know the pandemic. There were a few of the international guys that, that couldn't make it over, so it was a rare opportunity for for our class, like the open wheel class, um, to win overall. Normally, we're we're fourth or fifth overall. Uh, this year, the top two cars were open wheel cars, so that was another disappointing thing. There's not too many years where you can actually be you know. With our budget being, you know, a relatively small budget, competing against factories, you know, it's hard to beat them at their game. And Porsche came up there with a pretty 
pretty big effort this year. And um, David Donahue looked looked really good. And that's of course that's Mark's Mark Donahue's son. Mm. And uh, but he he went off in race day and and uh, got a flat tire. So uh, although he would have been it would have been close with him on the top also. So it was it was uh, it was a pretty cool year. It was more of a grassroots effort this year. You know, it felt more like the Pikes Peak of old. Um, unfortunately, there were no fans. That's one of the things there, I was going to bring up. Uh, looking yeah. at your video, yeah. there there were some, but it wasn't like uh, like it used to look in the other years. Kind of like the Mexican you know, road they, race. Yeah they they didn't they didn't allow any any fans. It was more just safety workers up there. Um, so you really didn't notice it when you were going up because you're always just focused on, oh, on what's sure. going on. Um, you notice it when you come down because that's one of the coolest things about Pikes Peak is they call it the Parade of Champions, and they don't let the fans down the hill until all the cars come down. So and you're high fiving basically every fan as you come down. Wow, it's it's uh, it's really cool. So that was that was disappointing this year where uh, we didn't we didn't get to do that. But you know, hopefully next year it's all back to normal. Now uh, you um, are there any other? Hill climbs that you participate in, or is this your one shot every year? Yeah. I mean, I know they must have a circuit or something. Yeah, we have. Um, I use a different car, although it's it's very similar. Um, we have the Colorado Hill Climb Association Championship, and it's five races. Uh, I missed the first two two because of my neck um, surgery, right. and then the last two were canceled. So, um, really, Pikes Peak was was the first time i got in the car from over a year um a year usually i'm doing a couple other races throughout the year and you're up to speed with your you know mentally uh but this year was a little bit different um so uh yeah so it was all my only race this year which was um the least amount of racing i've done in in 35 years now can you sharpen up a little bit by doing um uh, some virtual <laughs> you know racing on the computer or something like that i mean you just uh just to hone yeah. up a little bit. I actually tried it. I, you know, bought a PlayStation and and uh, got the wheel and and started doing some stuff. And I think it actually did help. Um, you know, we, it, it it got you. It got my competitive. My nephew would come over, Wyatt, and we would go back to you know we do time trials and on rallies mostly. And he would beat me, and then I would get down and be like, okay, that's the fastest I can go. And I beat him, and then he would go faster. And it it it, it got my competitive juices up. Um, you know, you don't you don't have that fear of crashing. That's the the one thing about gaming that right. You know, people are saying, "Oh, it's real." No, well, I, it's I, real if there's a guy standing behind you with a baseball bat right. in the head when you go crash. Not much but centrifugal force you know. either. Yeah. Right. Exactly. So. <laughs> Um, but I think there is an advantage to doing it for sure. I think it's uh, it's a really good tool, and um, you know it's it's why you see these young guys, uh, you know, being able to adapt to to racing so fast now is because they're they're doing you know lots of time in the sim. Yeah, yeah. You know, time's about up, Paul. I tell you, it flies by okay. talking to you. It's uh, it's so great of you to come on. So <laughs> what's next? You're going to shoot some commercials today, and then. Head back yeah. east or take some time off. We got actually, the holidays coming up and everything. Yeah, I, I'm actually shoot just one day today, just for three hours. We're doing one one shot. You and, told me uh, it was a sunset thing that, or something. 
it's a sunset thing. Yeah, it's five cars driving in a you know formation, and it's for an accurate commercial. They'll put it at the end of a commercial, and I do actually. You know, you know, I kind of forgot about this because we just we just figured it out. There's a time attack race at Pikes Peak International Raceway that we're going to try to do next week in my hill climb car. We're we're made some changes to the chassis and uh, to stiffen it up a little bit. And we're trying a different um, tire combination. And so we're using it as a test. But uh, it's like a minute lap. And they let us do, like, it's a competition. You know, you show up and uh, you pay your fee. And it's almost like a a glorified autocross. Um, But we're going to do that next weekend and, you know, see if we can improve on our car a little bit. Well, you know, you've got a very exciting life. And, uh... I look forward to looking for you in commercials, and uh, I'll be looking for that Acura commercial as soon as I see one with driving off into yeah. the sunset. Well, the Hummer, the, the Hummer one will be out next. You'll see it on the 20th. Uh, <laughs> did a eight days through Moab, Colorado, uh, Bonneville Salt Flats. Uh, me and uh, Reese Mellon, we were the, the drivers, so we, we kind of had two units going, so... That'll be the next one that comes out. Well, for everybody listening, if you want, if you got 10 minutes to spare and want some excitement, watch him go up Pike's Peak. And if uh, yep. uh, it's an exciting, it's an exciting video. And then if, if you haven't had enough, watch him cut those trees down about 20 feet off the ground <laughs> a few years ago. Yeah. That's, that's pretty exciting, too. Hope Just that- go to my Instagram, Paul Dellenbach 98. There you and go. And there's a link to my, to that. To that video the video that pike's peak put up is a camera angle i don't really like the oh. camera angle that i put on is, is a little bit better it's from our v-box so um it's uh yeah if you go to my instagram that's the best way okay well great paul is outstanding having you on the show and thank you so much for coming on <laughs> such an early hour out there to we love all the dialing backs. Uh, nope. We've had your dad. We've had your mom. Uh, not your mom. We've had your brother. <laughs> and uh, you, all you guys are, are just great. And I know you. Is your, is your father still uh, uh, involved in the motorcycle thing? No, not really. Um, uh, he had a big motorcycle uh, event for yeah, years. Yeah, we still do it. I'm still on the board. It's the Colorado 500. Uh, we had to cancel that this year. The counties wouldn't let us do it. But um, after this would have been our 45th year, but wow. my dad's still around and he's still working on the ranch, you know, my mom and, uh, you know, I see him every day when I'm home. So, um, I can know, see your dad uh, on pit road with that supporters. black, I can see your dad on pit road with that black cowboy hat when he was an official. He wears it every day. <laughs> <laughs> Paul, thank you so much. For, thank you so much for coming on the show. You're a, you're a great guest and best of luck to you. And we'll be looking for you. Thank you. Anytime. It's a pleasure. Okay, thank you very much. That's Paul Dallenbach from out in Las Vegas. What a great interview and a That's great a, guy. He really does. He gives a real good interview. And, and All the Dallenbachs do. Yeah. But and, Paul's still and doing they, it. And they, 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 he talks so clear. He knows what he's talking about. Uh, and it's such amazing, the different things, like doing commercials. and different That's got to be fun. Oh, man, don't you know what happens? Just hanging out in Las Vegas till the sun goes down so you can go out in the desert and shoot a commercial. Yeah, shoot a commercial, then go back and go, and go, go back, back inside, go, go back inside, and finish getting finish being nuts. Uh, yeah, I'm, uh, I hope he's uh, not losing his paycheck. But uh, we're yeah. going to take our next break and turn in Allen Hill loose to see uh, if we have had any action in the last couple of weeks and what he has to tell us. This is um, this is a great show for Sunday morning, and we will uh, we'll be back right after these messages. You're listening to Start Your Engines on Fox Sports Spartanburg. 
There's no points racing here. Greg, Perry, Ronnie, and Nelson are racing to win. You're listening to Start Your Engines on Fox Sports 1498.3 FM. For years now, we've been telling you about Palmetto Spirit's tremendous wine selection. We've told you about Palmetto Spirit's carrying special, small-batch, handcrafted bourbons and whiskeys that you can't find anywhere else. But what truly sets Palmetto Spirit's apart is their customer service. Jim and the entire staff knows wines and liquors and knows how to find you the perfect bottle for the perfect occasion. Palmetto Spirit's. Reedville Road on Spartanburg's West Side, where customer service is the difference. Said no one ever. I love waking up to cold cereal. Nothing satisfies like dry granola. No. Here we say good morning with sizzling sausage. Biscuits baked to perfection. The enticing aroma wafting from your freshly prepared breakfast. So make your morning easy and mix and match a sausage McMuffin, sausage biscuit, or hash browns. Any two for just $2. It's McDonald's easy on the go breakfast. Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Combo meal. Single item at regular price. Value and product served. Spartanburg has been known as the hub city for decades due to our proximity to rail lines and interstate highways. Upstate Logistics has been part of the hub city transportation scene for over a decade. Upstate Logistics provides businesses with warehousing and transportation services, including inbound and outbound rail shipments. And more importantly, we support Spartanburg. Be it high school and college sports or important community projects, Upstate Logistics wants to help move Spartanburg forward. Upstate Logistics, keeping your business and Spartanburg moving forward. To find out more, visit UpstateLogistics.com. Fox Sports 1400 is now bigger and better than ever. Why? You were on an FM station. Because we're now on the FM dial at 98.3. Fox Sports 1400. Now bigger and better at 98.3 FM. And welcome back to Start Your Engines, and we're going to go to Allen Hill now to find out what's going on locally. Allen, take it away. All righty. Thank you very much. Uh, last weekend, we had the Cherokee Speedway, the second annual Mike Duval Memorial Race over there. They brought the World of Outlaws in there, and uh, boy, did they ever put on a show over there. Brandon Overton and Brandon Shepard swapped the lead about four or five times in that 50-lap main event. But it uh, looks like Brendan Overton come in first. Brendan Shepard was second. Chris Madden was third. Chris Madden, one of our local drivers. And to round out the top ten, let's go to Kyle Strickler, Ross Bales, Ricky Weiss, Darrell Lanigan, driving the Barry Wright House car, Michael Brown, Chris Ferguson, and Trent Ivey. All right. Other support divisions there. We're going to go to the Thunder Bomber division. First place went to Blake Bentley. Second, Madison Hoose. Third, Preston Dimsdale. In the Super Sportsman Division, first place went to Coke Gilliam. Second place, Earl Petty. Third place, Josh Mulwey. In the Crystal Super Street Division, first place went to Ricky Green. Second went to Caleb McLaughlin. Third went to Blake Pryor. In the 602 Thunder Series, first place went to Devin Morgan. Second place went to John Price. Third went to Dale Timms. In the Mid-East, Open Wheel Modified Division. First place went to Dalton Wilson. Second place went to Jeremy Steele. Third went to Jeff Parsons. In the Pure Stock Division, first place went to Nathan Pierce. Second went to Kevin Nations. Third went to Dwayne Worley. Okay, that was a three-day show. 
So uh, they run last week, uh, this past weekend, or started on here Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday night. We're going to move on up to Gastonia Speedway for the King of the Carolinas. They got in a practice session on Thursday night and got a Friday night show in, but did not get in last night's show. But uh, on Friday night there, they had the sprint cars there. First place went to Sean Varnell. Second place went to Jake Carklin. Third went to Michael Jackson. And the support divisions there, Lightning Late Models. First place went to Timbo Magnum. There's Timbo. Yep. Second place went to Gary Puckett. Third went to Jacob Hauser. In the Pro 4 division, first place went to Casey Towell. Second went to Jerry Oliver Jr. Third went to Mike Clark. In the Pure Street division, first place went to Shorty Lacey. Second went to Nathan Pierce. Third went to Kevin Nations. In the Hornets division, first place went to Johnson Surratt. Second went to Dan Beeson. Third went to Lang Fandler. And like I said, last night events were rained out. Also, last night, supposed to have a big show up there at Harris Speedway. There's going The sprint cars that run at Carolina Speedway on Friday night was supposed to move down to Harris Speedway, but it got rained out. So, uh, next event going to be at Harris Speedway is going to be October 22nd. Practice session, getting ready for the Clark Sparks Memorial Race. Details will be posted soon. And, uh... As far as Cherokee Speedway, I think their next event is going to be November 22nd. That surprises me. That's a, that's over a month away. That's over a month away. It's going to be the Blue-Gray 100 race. Also, there will be the Carolina Clash Super Late Models Extreme Dirt Car Series. Also on hand will be the Southeast Late Model Series Extreme 4 Pure Stock Thunder Bombers. And the Extreme 4 winner, uh, listen to this, Perry. He will automatically qualify for the Four Cylinder Nationals on Thanksgiving weekend. All right. Where's that at? That'll be at Cherokee Speedway. Oh, okay. They always have on Thanksgiving weekend, the Thursday after Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. They always have a big show over there starting off on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. As far as uh, the World Crown Four Cylinders there, there'll be boys from all over. Okay. Come over there for that. Keep that in mind. Have not heard anything out of Travers Rest Speedway on their Thunder Bomber Classic that they had last year. So, uh, going to make a phone call into them. Maybe we'll have something as far as that goes next Sunday, as far as, you know, racing at Travers Rest Speedway. And, uh, like I said, we're getting down to each one of these racetracks are kind of cooperating with each other, having big three day events. Mm-hmm. And uh, they kind of letting each other, you know, we winding down our season. It is winding down, and you were telling me something just now um, during the break. Uh, you're not sure when you're going to run again or if you're going to run again this year. Well, I talked to my driver this morning, and uh, they was headed to Lake Greenwood, and uh, I told him, I said, well, uh, they have not got us into as far as one of the support divisions as far as it's a blue-gray, so I don't guess we'll be racing anymore at Cherokee this week or this year. So I'm fixing to tear one race car down and... Uh, Start rebuilding it from the ground up, and uh, for next year, for next year, all right. Going to make a few changes to it, and uh, he just told me. He said, "Well, if they do have the one at Travers Rester Harris, we'll just bring out that Camaro. We've made a few changes on it, put different leaf springs up underneath it, 
you know. Yeah. And so uh, he said, we just put a motor over in it and we'll go racing. Now, if they have the, or not if, but when they have the Blue Grape Classic at Cherokee, will that end the season at Cherokee or, or uh, they that, got something after that? Well, they got the Force World. Oh, the, okay. The Force Owners Thanksgiving weekend. But as far as just having like their normal regular weekend program, that's done. That, that's pretty much done. Uh, we wound up our last points race uh week before last over there, and uh, that's pretty much done. And you don't really go for points, though, do you? Uh, we did. We uh, Danny's won seven championships over the last. Oh, I know you. You smoked them in the past, but yeah. I didn't know uh, uh, the way you look like you pick and choose. It didn't look like. I compare you to the Wood Brothers in the 70s well, when they used to show up with Pearson and win, and they might see them a couple of weeks later. Yep. That's, uh, well, we're going to kind of slope. I ain't going to say cut back a little bit on racing. They uh, they want to enjoy their place down in Lake Greenwood. When you get into this points racing and stuff like that, you got to be there every Saturday night. you got to, I ain't going to say if you crash on Saturday night. We have went to some racetracks and raced on Friday night. You go over there, and if your competitor's over there, he might pull you on Friday night trying to make you miss Saturday night's race. So now you've either got to have you either a backup car or your backup motors and stuff like that. Kind of like our guest last week was talking about, you know, sometimes you just don't have backup motors. Yeah. And uh, Well, would you entertain hiring a new driver? No. Well, I don't mean no. getting rid of Danny. Uh, by any means, since he's of the family, but I mean, uh, maybe a driver when he's not going to race. No, no, it's just no. Danny's the driver. Danny's going to be my driver. All right, well that's good. If, if no, I'm glad up, to hear it. If he comes up and says he wants to quit, we just uh, we're going to quit. Is that right? That's right. You sell the stuff off? Uh, I don't know if I'll sell it. I might just cut it up. Don't do that. Huh? Well, no. What? <laughs> you need to. Uh, you need to turn your garage into a museum. Oh, yeah. That's put all them trophies, yeah. clean it up. I mean, I mean, it's clean now, but I mean, you know, put them cars on that, display, charge people a quarter to come in there and look at it. Danny's got all the trophies down at his house. Well, you can rotate them around. <laughs> <laughs> He's got about 160 of them down there, so uh, he got shelves built in his shop, and it's pretty shop. Well, I bet it is. And uh, we got actually we got one race. Better car. have some sturdy shelves in it. Well, we actually got one race car sitting down there with it right now. And that's a metric car, uh, and uh, I've got two sitting in my shop. And we just uh, a man come and told me one time. He said I'll pay for everything and uh, let let a guy drive one of the race cars. And I said, Well, which division are you going to run in? He said, Well, I'm going to run with y'all. I said, No, nah, I can't have two cars in the same division. Mm-hmm. We we ain't going to have conflict. Right. You just think, just think, I'm just not going to have it. Now, I've heard you already this year. <laughs> There's, I know you offered to ride to Bobby Labonte. Yeah. Seemed like you did it to somebody else. I don't remember who it was now. It wasn't Terry Labonte, but it's somebody else you said you, yeah. with no prompting from me or anything, you just said, uh, like, I got a car sitting here in the shop and uh, come on down and drive it. I, but you did it to Bobby Labonte and somebody else. I'd have to look at the... Well, back... Oh, well, it might have been Red Farmer. Yep. Back a long time ago, uh, don't get me wrong, uh, my brother called me one time and he said, uh, what about you bringing the car to Timminsville? You know, Timminsville's right next to Darlington. I said, for what? He said, Tim Richmond wants to drive a dirt car. 
They got a track in Timminsville? Yes, yeah. they did. Okay. And uh, I looked at him. He said, he's going to give you $3,000 to show up. And he said, if he crashes, he said he'd pay for everything. I said, well, well that's a no-brainer. <laughs> that really is. Yeah. Did you do it? No, we didn't do it. Well, reason, I thought it was a no-brainer. That was a no-brainer, <laughs> but something fell through the cracks somewhere along the line, and uh, it just didn't happen. But I wished it would have, you know, back, right. when, back when I maintained that car. 27 car for my daddy and Mike. He went on to NASCAR and stuff. Matter of fact, when Mike was there, we had David Pearson drive it two or three times. Is that right? Yes, it did. I've, I've got pictures of it on my phone. A did, young David Pearson at Metrolina Speedway. Did he win? I don't know if he won or not. That was, that's good. That's a good... Betty run good in your car, though, did oh, he? Oh, yeah, he did. Something about some promoting... A, uh, Goodyear tires or something like that. Yeah. You know. How about that? I know we've been talking to Danny for, for a long time, even back when we were the other name show. And he was winning all the time. Oh, back in the days when me and you and Daddy and Ray Harris and all of us eating breakfast. And I was tagging along with Daddy sick. And uh, and he was, y'all was winning trophies back then, just wiping them out. Well, it sounds like it's a sounds like it's a family tradition for them to win races, and that's why uh, that's one of the reasons it's so cool to have you on the show. I don't want you to quit. <laughs> you got me worried now. <laughs> you get the, the and I guess what I'm worried about is you cutting them up. Don't cut. I'll sell me one of them. I ain't got anything anywhere to put it, and I haven't got any money. But don't cut it up. Oh. Do, donate it to the uh, the Chapman Center down. Well, down down we, on downtown well, for uh, the museum piece. We got the white and gold twenty seven car. A guy built it. He uh, found it in a storage container, and it was one of the 20, original twenty seven cars. And he refurbished it, and he called me, and I give him the the colors of the gold and stuff like that. And uh, a guy he'd have it on display over at Cherokee Speedway, and finally he told me last time I was at Cherokee Speedway, he said. There was a guy from Swainsboro, Georgia, drove up there, and he said, I want to come look at that race car. And uh, he said, well, you come on. He said, well, I'm coming up Sunday morning. And he come up Sunday morning. He said, well, how much are you going to want for it? He said, well, you just said you wanted to look at it. He said, well, I brought an empty trailer. It's going back to Swainsboro with me. And uh, he just started offering money, and whenever he got to the right price. He- <laughs> when, he, when, he, when he finally got that magic number. When he finally got to that magic number, that man finally let that car go. So it's sitting in a museum down in Swainsboro, Georgia. And uh, I looked out there on my shop. In my shop out there, I got 1978 Shrine Trophy that Mike Duval drove the car in a Shrine race. And uh, I was telling somebody, I said, you know, I said, my daddy had the trophy up there at his house for a long time and stuff. And when my daddy passed away, it come to my house and... Uh, I told I told somebody the other day I kept on looking at that trophy and the guys there in my shop and I said you know I said it should be only right that I need to take the trophy and go on down to Swainsboro Georgia and just sit there with that race car because mm-hmm. don't get me wrong I mean I love the trophy sitting there yeah. and looking at it but it belongs with the race car yeah did you no not yet okay well it's not too late I, I want to mention one thing here and, and you, you got me talking about this old. Old time local dirt racing and everything. My brother and I, um, 
Smoke, who was, uh, at one time, he was the oldest riding mechanic and uh, a gag we played. But he and I went out looking um, Friday. I took the day off. and we. Just, he's big into genealogy and our, tracing our family tree. And he had a whole bunch of stuff that he needed to, some cemeteries to look at in, in uh, Cherokee County, which was fascinating. And Greg and I were at a book signing one time in Charlotte. I think it had to be Charlotte because this guy's from Charlotte. And he gave me an envelope about like this Manila when I got here with information. And I never paid much attention to it. I think I immediately fouled it away because I had so much else going on, I guess. But he's got detailed um, uh, pictures of, of the turn, of a dirt track three-quarters of a mile long between um, Packlet and Gaffney. Right there at 150, uh, right off of 150, and um, the church parking lot that we sat in there getting our bearings was would have been right off the second turn, and that was Blue Branch Baptist Church. And I was there Friday. At, but you can see this thing clear as day on the Google Maps, and I've got to do some risk. This guy put down there that his daddy sold tickets in the infield from 53 to 57. And I don't have any information whatsoever about a a three-quarter mile dirt track um, between Packlet and Gaffney. And, and I saw it. I mean, I, I saw the Google Maps, and we were there. And as I've told Greg before, um, and this might be what's going on with Junior, uh, Earnhardt Jr. and his old racetracks, it's better to do that stuff in the wintertime when all the kudzu's dead and the animals are hibernating and... We were out there, and, and it was raining a little bit, and so we didn't even get out of his truck. But uh, we're going to go back in January where we can go out and actually see what's left of this old track. Because this guy that sent me this stuff, or handed me this stuff, he's got where the grandstands were and everything. And there's just got to be a story here. And I don't know anything, and I'm going to get into it now. And if any of our listeners know anything about this, uh, let me know. Yeah, that, that, that that's a good find. It's. I mean, they must be something be, out there about it. it. Yeah, and it being a pretty big track and a and big track, it uh, there has to be some history there. Well, I'm going to try to find it. And, and another thing before we go to break, we went to a museum in Gaffney, and you know we got the Chapman Center here, and I haven't been there since we put on that thing that time for about racing in Spartanburg County, which was great. But in the, the Gaffney, also did me. Yeah, but in the Gaffney <laughs> Museum, they've got a. A whole wall there dedicated to auto racing. And they got a lot of Mike Duvall stuff and Charlie Blanton. Big picture of a... And they said they had five different racetracks in Gaffney. And I don't know if this is one of them or not. Excuse me. and um, But a really nice display. I mean, they, they went all out to, uh, to honor uh, Gaffney's auto racing history. And they did an outstanding job professionally done I, you wouldn't see anything better in the, as barney fife says that smith brothers museum up in washington um so um anyway let's take our final break i'm going to come back and uh, clear my throat and wrap the show up with some uh, results and point standings and you're listening to start your engines It's easy to jump on the internet and search for financial information. But what happens when you run into conflicting articles and need to separate fact from fiction? 
That is where Trent Lancaster can help. Trent is an investment professional at Janie Montgomery Scott, located in the Spartanburg office, who will take the time to answer all of your investment questions. He can help you develop a personalized financial planning strategy with the flexibility to adapt to your changing needs. Trent can also help you with estate planning, setting up trusts, income for retirement, and legacy planning for the next generation. Call Trent today for a complimentary portfolio review by calling 864-585-8282. That's 864-585-8282. Or visit TrentLancaster.com. Janie Montgomery Scott, LLC, member FINRA, NYSE, and SIPC. Man, I need a new car, but I have no idea where to look. Have you tried Impex Pre-Owned at Bowling Springs? Pre-Owned? I'm not looking for something with lots of mileage on it. That's why you need to go to Impex Pre-Owned, because they have a huge selection of new model cars and trucks with low mileage. Well, that sounds great, but i got to stick to my budget. And that's another reason why you need to check out Impex Pre-Owned. New model cars with low mileage at thousands less than you'll find anywhere else. Call Yvette today at 864-327-9297 or check out ImpexPreOwned.com. Impex Pre-Owned. Quality used cars made easy. Image Printing is the only shop in the upstate that prints signage, decals, banners, t-shirts, wide format printing, full color paper printing, and offers graphic design services all in-house. And now Image Printing is offering custom t-shirts with no minimum quantity. That's right. Image Printing now offers direct-to-garment printing, which means you can get your design printed on a t-shirt, whether you want one or 1,000. Visit Image Printing at 845 California Ave, across the street from the Spartanburg County Detention Center. Call 864-583-8848. Hey, this is Ryan Clary. Lately, I've been eating one home-cooked meal after another. I'm talking million-dollar spaghetti, Mexican lasagna, chicken tetrazzini. I can't cook at all, and my wife's a great cook, but she has a full-time job. So neither of us have time to feed our three little ones a home-cooked meal. Many of you listening can relate one way or another. Who has the time? Mama Sue's does. That's right. Mama Sue's on East Henry Street in Spartanburg has homemade meals daily for you to pick up. Place an order online or stop in at Mama Sue's. Also check out their $5 lunch specials. Mama Sue's, open Monday through Friday, 10 to 6. The weather has finally cooled down, and football season is finally here. Whether you'll be tailgating at a game or at the house this season, you'll still need ice. Twice the Ice has 12 convenient ice houses located throughout the county. Twice the Ice is affordable and is never touched by human hands. Get a 10-pound bag for $1.25 or a 16-pound bag or 20-pound bulk for $1.75. And it's available 24 hours a day using cash, credit, or debit card. To find a Twice the Ice location near you, visit SpartanburgWaterIce.org. So what if your roommate, we'll call him Einstein, decides to microwave a metal bowl full of cookie dough and sets your apartment on fire? Yep, State Farm has an agent for that. See State Farm agent Cliff Gobert in Spartanburg for auto, renters, frankly, all kinds of insurance. Cliff's got your back. So call Cliff Gobert today at 597-1200. That's 597-1200. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Cliff Gobert, State Farm Insurance, East Main Street in Spartanburg. I've seen the bookmarks on your computer. Gmail, Google. Where are we? Why are we not bookmark worthy? Go away. Don't talk to me. I hope your car radio explodes. Okay, I take it back. But please, bookmark SpartanburgSportsRadio.com. Good song, but it made a little more sense in July. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it would. It would. But, uh, yeah, I, I just want to thank everybody, Claire and everybody up here, the staff up here, and all the sponsors like the Beacon, 
uh, Trent Lancaster, as the list goes on and on at the Beacon Studio. But uh, just to have the opportunity, well, thank uh, thank all the people that we were able to try a Sunday show. And like I say, we, we might try this a little bit and see what kind of response. But we appreciate the fact that we got this is a good time slot on Sunday. Well, I got to tell you, I, I, I'm. I'm not responsible for it. Clary said, why don't you do it on Sunday? I didn't really think of it as an option, but, you know, we don't have anything on Sunday morning. I think one time they had a religious show when Hauser was here, and uh, I know that they, uh, I guess the network is on, but it it was very generous of Clary, and I'm, uh, you know, to offer a Sunday morning, and, you know, I got to thinking about it, and I said, you know, I wish I'd have thought of that. <laughs> But I, I, I just I just didn't think of it an option because we were getting ready to miss like three weeks in a row. We missed last week. We we didn't have Saturday this week, and next week uh, Carolina plays Auburn at noon, and uh, the same thing's going to happen again. So we will be on next sun next Sunday morning. Yep. And after that, I don't really want to go permanently to Sunday because there's a lot of reasons for the things that you and I do together on Saturdays exactly. that we can't do on Sunday. So we'll. Uh, probably um do saturday when we can but it looks like it's going to be a week-to-week thing you know as far as um you know we get preempted by carolina baseball and carolina basketball sometimes and basketball uh wouldn't have a problem with that and because they uh actually fell out during the uh the tournament they didn't have the tournament and i don't remember them uh interfering with us during the season and um baseball didn't happen so we'll always go with the flow and and well, did but, no offer too remember, but, remember we used to get out you know, when, when well that was, was announced yeah well that was the other show but i'm talking about since i've been here uh, permanently and uh um we'll just do saturday when we can do saturday and sunday when we do sunday and we'll let y'all know about it I, I really don't want to move permanently to sunday but i do appreciate clary and Everybody that, that put us over here. So I got about uh, 11 and a half minutes to touch on some things here. Uh, of course, the cup is going to uh, run on the Roval today. And the Bank of America 400, that starts at 2.30 on NBC. But I will back up a week. Uh, I'm not going to get too detailed into it. But we did uh, uh, have the South Point 400, which was at... Um, Las Vegas on September 27th we never got to talk about and Kurt Busch was kind of a surprise winner nobody picked him but he punched his ticket to the uh, to the next round and then they ran Talladega last week and uh, and, and Matt D. Benedetto was second in that race that was uh, I said he had two second places in a row and that was one of them Hamlin was third Truex was fourth and Alex Bowman was fifth and then uh, last week they ran Talladega and uh, Denny Hamlin won it. So the only two we've got going to the next round so far are Kurt Busch, a, a surprise to me and most people, I think, a relief to him, and Denny Hamlin. So uh, we may get another one today. And uh, then the fourth one will come in, uh, the next one, the rest will come in on points. So Talladega was a wild crash fest uh with a lot of yellow line controversy and stuff but some new faces popped up in the top 10 with uh denny hamlin course you know and he fell back at the beginning you know he went back and just cruised around at the back of the race it might have been 
Although I don't think he deserved the win. I thought Di Benedetto did, but um, it was a brilliant strategy. I mean, it almost worked. I mean, it did work, actually. It worked. Uh, he stayed out of all the wrecks, and the car looked like it just come off the showroom floor. Um, second was Eric Jones, who's really auditioning for a job every week because he is out, as far as we know. Um Ty Dillon and that Jermaine Racing team, which is folding up because they sold their charter to uh, um, Michael Jordan, he finished third from 28th spot, so that was a good good run for him. Uh, William Byron was fourth. Chase Elliott was fifth. Ryan Newman was sixth. Tyler Reddick, seventh. John Hummer, Hunter Nemechek was eighth. Brendan Poole at number 15. It was good to see that number up there, Greg. Oh, man, yeah. Anytime it's at 15. Well, he started 32nd and finished 9th. And uh, Ryan Priest was 10th. So, uh, And I tell you who's showing up around in every race pretty close to the front is uh, Justin Haley, who finished 11th. But, uh, you know, he, he won Daytona last year on a rainout. But he just seems to be uh, – he's a name to be reckoned with here in the future. You'll see him up with the big boys before long. There's a long list of uh, lead changes, and it was um, a ton of them. It was an exciting race. I mean, they, they, they wrecked a lot of cars and then might not agree with some of the outcomes, but uh, it was an exciting race. So, anyway, your points are, now this. Now you've got Hamlin and Bush already in, but the rest of the points, uh, including those drivers, Hamlin is first, Harvick is second, Third is Chase Elliott. Fourth, Brad Keselowski. Nobody picked him this week, did they? Oh, you got him. You got him. Yeah. Okay. Allen's got Kes. <laughs> well, I didn't. Nelson's got, got Harvick. Jada's got Hamlin. And Allen's got um, Keselowski. Truex is fifth. Alex Bowman, sixth. Joey Logano, seventh. Austin Dillon, eighth. Kyle Busch is tied for eighth. Kurt Busch is tenth, but he's in because he won. And then you got Clint Boyer, who was uh, down to his last few races since he's going to Fox. And he uh, he needs to win to get in, or this will be, uh, this will knock him out of the chase, as it will Al Marola, who is 12th. And then Blaney, Byron, Di Benedetto, and Custer are the next, and they've already been eliminated. So the lineup today uh, Hamlin is on the pole. Chase Elliott is second, Keslowski's third, Harvick is fourth, Alex Bowman is fifth, Austin Dillon is sixth, Martin Truex is seventh. Austin's still in there, isn't he? Austin's still, yeah, he's still there. Logano is eighth, and the Bush brothers are ninth and tenth, Kyle and Kurt. So, uh, and I'll go a little bit further with Clint Boyer, who's uh, hanging it up, is starting 11th. Excuse me again. We've touched. Oh, let me do the end of the schedule uh, for next year. I went all the way through the chase. So the chase races um, the, will begin at Darlington again on Labor Day. Then from Darlington, they go to Richmond. They go to Bristol for a paved race. Then they will go to uh, uh, Las Vegas. This will start the playoff round of 12. Talladega and Charlotte on the Roval and then they'll go down to eight and they'll run at Texas, Kansas and Martinsville and they'll leave the final four for November 7th at Phoenix. So uh, they used to run all the way up to about Thanksgiving but November 7th is a little little earlier. 
Xfinity. They've had a couple of races since the last time we were on here, and I'm going to zip through this. Um, and they run, uh, they ran last night, but we missed the uh, Ag Pro 300 at Talladega, which, speak of the devil, Justin Haley won. And uh, that um, the college racing team, Sieg was second, Cragson was third, Brandon Jones fourth, and Henrik fifth. And uh, I tell you, Jeremy looked like he had a top ten at Talladega, and something happened. And I never heard what happened, but uh, I didn't print all the way down. Only printed through the seventeenth uh, finisher, but he was in the twenty someplace. So he something catastrophic happened. To, uh, he got shuffled back there to last at Talladega. But last night, as I said. He had a solid 10th or better, and he missed that last little kink they got before the, the starting line and had to come to a dead stop, and it knocked him from a good top 10 finish to 16th. A.J. Allmendinger won it, once again for colleague racing. Noah Cragson was second. Uh, Daniel Hemrick was third. Alex LeBay, they call that, was fourth. He's from Canada. Ross Chastain was fifth. And Jeremy, as I said, ended up 16th. And looking at the uh, Xfinity points, Chase Briscoe was first, Noah Cragson second, Austin Sendrick third, Brandon Jones fourth, and Justin Haley is fifth. Jeremy Clements is 13th, which is the best anybody can do that didn't make their playoffs. And he's got a 33-point lead over Alex LeBay. So uh, hang in there, Jeremy. If the 13th is the best you can do, we want you to finish 13th. Moving along here to something we haven't talked about at all, and that's the trucks. They haven't raced uh, since Talladega when Rafael Lassard was the winner in a Toyota. They run again next weekend at the Clean Harbors 200 at Kansas. And uh, that Talladega race was fairly exciting. I watched most of it. Alex Lassard is a Canadian, and he won it driving for um, Kyle Busch. Trevor Bain... Daytona 500 with the Wood Brothers a few years ago, a long time ago now, but it was think about 2011 or 12, was second. Chandler Smith third, Ben Rhodes fourth, and Cody Rohrbach was fifth. And looking at the standings for the trucks, you got Austin Hill first, Sheldon Creed second, Zane Smith third, Grant Enfinger fourth, and Brett Moffitt fifth. Zipping right along here to ARCA. They, uh, um, they ran the race at Springfield on the dirt last weekend, and Ryan Hunsinger won it. And I don't know much about him. They've got one race left at Kansas, and um, won't get into uh, anything other than uh, that. They've got one more race, and that'll be next weekend, and they are done. Indy cars have been off. Um, they ran last weekend a doubleheader at Indianapolis on the road course. Joseph Newgarden won one of them. Will Power won the second one. They got one race left on October 25th, and that's in St. Petersburg, Florida, on the streets. And their point standings, it looks like it's going to go Scott Dixon's way because he did so well at the beginning. Newgarten is second, Hare to third, Power fourth, and O'Ward is fifth. Formula One, they ran today at the Nurburgring, and that was won by, I got it here on my phone. Of course, it was won by uh, who else, but... Um, Lewis Hamilton, Max Verstappen was second, Daniel Ricciardo third, and get this, the American Ferrari with Romain Grosjean that um, I always keep up with actually finished ninth and got two points. So uh, 
That's the best finish as far as I know he's ever had. The point standings, uh, Lewis Hamilton is way out front and nobody's going to catch him. And the last thing is the world, is the WeatherTech uh, sports car series. I was mistaken. I thought they were running last night at Charlotte, but they were not. Uh, they will be at Road Atlanta next week, and that's a 10-hour race. And um, look forward to that with um, in third place in the standings behind uh, Ryan Briscoe and Ringer Vanderzandy is Pipo Durrani, and that's Mike Hill's driver. And the last thing I've got, and we've got a minute left, is um, NASCAR today at 2.30 on the Roval. And I got it all in. And uh, Nelson just texted in and said that they was adding some more lights to the infield. So just in case it does run over, or they do have a rain delay, is the only reason I'd see that they, you know. Yeah. Would, you know, we're sitting here talking about starting at 2.30. But if they do get into a bad rain delay and they do have to go into some night racing, they will, they, they'll have the lights there just for them boys. They're ready this time. But I don't know about all that water on that racetrack. <laughs> Somebody... uh. Kind of like our highway division. Sometimes you got water running the wrong way. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Greg, you got about 10 seconds. Well, I'm just tickled with we got a show and racing and everything's getting going and football's getting going and uh, everything's, everything's going to be all right. Had, I'm, I'm optimistic. Had fans at uh, Clemson last night. Sure did. And uh, they came home happy. They came home happy. Yeah, that was probably the biggest test. I don't know. Clemson's got Notre Dame later on. Uh, South Carolina has never beaten Auburn that I can remember, and we got them at home next week. So, uh, and that, did you watch LSU? Yeah, that was a surprise. <laughs> okay, well, we're going to do this again next Sunday. And. Get our table ready and remember to keep it between the fences. You've been listening to Start Your Engines. Tune in each Saturday morning at 10 during the season for the very latest in auto racing news, interviews, and guests from around the sport. To find out more or order Perry Allen Woods books on motorsports, visit McFarlandBooks.com. Start Your Engines has been a presentation of Fox Sports Spartanburg, LLC. All rights reserved. We are we're now on FM. Hear all of our programming at 98.3, Fox Sports 1400, WSPG Spartanburg.